Today, we are joined by fellow podcaster Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins and her sister, Nikina Lawrence. Ashley is the host of Trials to Triumphs, which is the first original podcast coming from Oprah's own network. You may also know her from the hit Netflix series, Dear White People. This dynamic sister duo shares with us how their strong, independent mama instilled in them the value of hard work and that making the family meals isn't just the mother's job. It's another fantastic episode of Girl Power and Sisterly Love. Happy Thursday, y'all. Grab your fork and grab your knife. Morning, afternoon, and night. Mama's recipe and mine. We're about to have a good time. Hey, sis, eat this. Hey, sis, eat this. Woohoo! Hey, sis. Hey, sis. What's happening over there? Well, it must be recording time because, per usual, Daisy's sitting next to me and farting. That's <laughs> <laughs> like every time, this poor dog. She's just trying to create the mood. It's like right when we start to record. I know. I'm like, I take a deep breath to start recording, and then I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. That's just not. How I wanted it to go. I'm sure there's plenty of people who are like on their Zoom calls and they're from home and there's yes. their dogs sitting next to them and they just rip one and they're like, um, can you show me that chart again? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Well, how's it going in Dallas? It's going good. Mom's birthday is coming up. Yes. Lots of birthdays to celebrate over the weekend, but mama has been wanting to go to this restaurant called Cafe Momentum here in Dallas for yeah. so long. And it's really cool. I know you know about it, but I think our listeners yeah. should know about it too. A super unique business model. Philanthropic. Yep. It provides paid post-release internships for justice-involved youth ages like 15 to 19. They do a 12-month internship with curriculum that rotates them all through the restaurant industry. So mm -hmm. they can be line cooks or they can be front of house or they can be servers and it teaches them social skills and coaching and development. It's really, really cool. They have them in Dallas, Nashville and Pittsburgh. So when you say post-release internship, so it's like children that have been incarcerated, like in juvenile gone through the juvenile justice system. system. Yes. And age, so like all of the waiters and all the servers and cooks and everything are ages 15 to 19, like young. Yes. So they do have wow. people that work there that are adults because they also, this is funny. And I remember this from my serving days. I'm sure you do too, is you can't serve alcohol when you're under like 21, I guess. Yeah. 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 Or something like that. So there'll be people there that are bringing you the wine and stuff. Wow, what a great cause. That's really, really cool. Chef Chad Hauser is the founder and executive chef, and they've uh -huh. expanded to those other two locations. What kind of food is it? The food is great. It changes. They mm -hmm. get a lot of their produce and meats from local places in Dallas. I'm assuming mm -hmm. it's like that in the other locations. So we had uh, amazing biscuits. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Really good biscuits. I had the barmundi or barmundi, barmundi, barmundi. Yeah, yes. fish. Oh my gosh, Yum. this piece of fish was massive too. It was so perfectly cooked, so delicious. It came over a bed of zucchini noodles. Mm -hmm. They also specialize in a smoked fried chicken. Mm. So Avi Big D got that, and so did mm -hmm. Mama. It was really great. And then Lance had the strip steak. That was delicious. And it was just an overall wonderful meal. We we so enjoyed it. That's so nice. Yeah. What a wonderful way to spend your birthday. And you're giving back to the community, which I love even more. Yes. So something funny kind of happened when we were at dinner last night. Lance looked over and saw somebody had like a plate of sweet potato fries. Uh -huh. And he said, I don't see this on the menu. But those look delicious. Ooh, a secret menu item. I'm like, well, maybe it's part of a special or something. Mm -hmm. So 
we were talking to one of the women who was bringing us our wine and we're like, what's that uh, sweet potato fry thing over there? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Let me go ask. So this woman comes over to our table and she said, so I hear you guys are wanting some sweet potato fries. Well, those aren't on the menu and I work here. I'm, I'm the chief program officer. My name's Dr. Portia Heyman and my daughter comes to the restaurant frequently and we had the sweet potatoes in the past. So now the chef will go ahead if he knows we're coming in and make her a plate of sweet potato fries. Oh, she gave us her card and said, if we come in next time and we give them a heads up, they'll make the sweet potato fries for us. Oh, I hope we're not giving away a huge secret and opening the floodgates. Well, either that or they're just going to have to put the sweet potato fries back on the menu. Maybe. Yeah, we got to talking with her really, really cool woman. And I said, well, I have a podcast with my sister called Hey Sis Eat This. We have on siblings. I'd love to have you on to talk about the Cafe Momentum program. And she said, well, I have a sister and she lives in Mississippi and she's actually the best chef I know. And we'd love to come on. I've never been on a podcast before. I'm so excited about this. Oh, wow. That's so cute. All right. That's wonderful. We'd love to have her come on and share about this wonderful program. Yes. Yes. So it it was a really fun night. I'm glad we did. We'll have to go next time you come back in. I really like that you're dining with a purpose. Yeah, me too. So we had that fabulous dinner, but mom's birthday is actually tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I went ahead since we just had Susan Sarich on from Susie Cakes. Yeah, yeah. I thought, wouldn't it be so cute to get mom a Barbie cake? Because she loves Barbie and she loves cake. Yes. So I ordered the Barbie cake. I'm cute. going to pick it up tomorrow. I can't wait. What flavor? Chocolate with vanilla cream and the vanilla icing in pink with Susie Blue writing on it that says, Happy birthday, Mama, L Y L Y S. Oh, cute. <laughs> well, speaking of Barbie cakes, I am getting one too because Barbie movie streaming comes out on, I think, the 13th this week. I think it is. And Reagan invited a bunch of her other seventh grade girlfriends over and I'm going to get a Barbie Susie cakes and we're going to have a screening at my house with some teens, some preteens will be so fun. That's so cute. Do you want me to send you my naked Barbie unitard? Um, maybe (laughs) not, but you know, you could. Hey, I mean, it's always a hit when I wear it. Well, I'm sure. But when five 12 year old girls come through the door and the mom's dressed as a naked Barbie, I'm not sure how that's going to go over. <laughs> right. You're like, but I'm a cool mom. <laughs> yeah. I as I meet them with a tray of, of Cosmos. Yes. I'm a cool mom. <laughs> Just kidding. If anyone's uh, listening, that's friends with my daughter. Um, so, yeah, that sounds so fun. Well, I'm excited about all that. Yeah, We'll post videos and stuff of that. Oh, and wait, for mom, I just have to tell you what I got her for her birthday. She doesn't know. And by the time this releases, it will be um, passed. But I bought her two big boxes of Giada De Laurentiis, um, all of the accoutrements from her online, her e-commerce site, Giadzi, that sells like fresh pastas and olive oils. And I got her like salted capers and like all these Italian delicacies. Mm. And one of the gift boxes that I got was... I think it's like Italian girls cocktail night or something. So wait for that till I come to town and we can have like an Italian cocktail party. And it's got like little Italian cookie crackers and cheese and stuff that we can do. Oh my gosh. I love that idea. That sounds perfect. Thank you, Giada. We're excited to try that. I got her a gift card to Queen Bee Spa that we love so Mm -hmm. very much in Dallas and Los Angeles because she's like, I need to go get my face waxed. Oh, God. (laughs) I know what happens as we age. Well, I was celebrating a birthday at my house last night, too. We had a big old celebration. I know one of our other favorites and former guest. My BFF, Mary, one of the identical twins. I threw her, I can't believe she's only 40, but yes, a 40th birthday party. It was only a few couples. It was really small, but it was so lovely. And the best part about it, Whitney, was that we hired a chef instead of me cooking. Originally, I was going to cook the whole meal. And then Mary was like, no, I want you to be part of it. I want you to enjoy the day. So <laughs> thank God she did because I had a week last week, you know, with everybody being sick. Oh, you wouldn't have been able to pull it off, honestly. 
I wouldn't have been able to pull it off. And this woman was incredible. So I've had my fair share of chefs and caterers come in over the years and host mm-hmm. parties as we do. And this woman, uh, Gina Clark, she is the founder and head chef for Malibu Seaside Chefs. And she's a bit of a you know chef to celebrities and really high-end clients mm-hmm. everywhere. And she is amazing. And the food was incredible. The highlight was this Denver steak. It was a filet. uh, I think it was a tenderloin Mm. and steak tenderloin with chimichurri sauce. Not only fresh herbs, she uses basil Mm. and mint and all these different herbs. Gosh, I love a chimmy. But then she also on the bottom does a red wine reduction. So there's like two sauces going on. And it was, you would think it's overpowering, but it's not. They did smashed potatoes mm. and this roasted broccolini. And it sounds, oh, broccolini boring. Uh-uh. It was not. It was incredible. Everything was just done perfectly. Well, that's exciting. Shout out to Gina of Malibu Seaside Chefs because she did a great job. And also the party led to karaoke, of course, as it typically does sometimes I at my house. It. And I had to kick them out at midnight because I couldn't take it anymore. And they were just going on and on. There was a lot of Madonna. I was about to say, what were some of the hits and misses? <laughs> there were a lot of misses. There were a lot of the hits would would be, um, I think, all the 90s rap. Ooh, that's hard. I mean, I never knew that I could pull off freaks of the industry from Digital <laughs> Underground so well. Oh, I could totally do that one. Oh, yeah. Pound for pound. Taxing it and waxing it and moving it around. <laughs> yeah. And a booty starts slapping and the, making, making that, that clapping, clapping noise. Sound. Yeah, clapping sound. I mean, it was so funny. I was in high school all over again, but it was really fun. Of course, I got a proud Mary in there. Obvi. Birthday girl Mary requested it. Was this a proud Mary R.I.P. Tina? That was your first one. It was my first. How did it go? Since... She- the passing of our queen, of our yes. legend. And I did look up to the sky and blew her a kiss and said, R.I.P. Tina, I love you. Mm. And I just let it and I just let it go. I let it go. I channeled that inner Tina. Yes. I just, da 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 you know, my hair going, my yeah. everything. One husband there, little buttoned up guy was watching me like, what on earth is happening? This woman's possessed, but I didn't care. It is kind of what happens when we do that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. now it's back to the grind. I just have this one question for you. The oh. kids are currently putting up Halloween decorations oh. and it's Mm-mm. September 10th. Is Mm-mm. that too early? Mm-hmm. Cause you're the expert. Yeah. Yeah. What's the rule? Okay. So, you know, mama Ashley and Dwight had Lance come and do some back breaking work that they're mm-hmm. like, it's just two little trees. Bullshit. I'm like, mom, you need to buy him something. Like mm-hmm. he is killing himself over there. So he wanted a witch for Halloween. <laughs> a witch? Yes. Like a like a life-size witch or something to add to your collection? Yes. I don't know what it does, but she ordered it and it came last week and he was out of town. I said, your witch is here. Is this like a $300 witch or something? Mm-hmm. It's like crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you know, we go all out. He's trimming trees for witches. <laughs> yes. Witches and bitches. So anyway, he hasn't opened it yet. And I said, well, you can open it, but it's not going out till October 1st. I mean, it's a no-no in my house, but hey, get your Halloween on. It keeps them busy. You say that October 1st is the day because I actually just let them do it because I we needed to record and I didn't want yeah. them bothering me. So I don't know what I'm going to walk out to, but... I just heard them say a minute ago, I heard them scream, let's go do cobwebs. So that means they're outside putting cobwebs all over the front of the house, which I just paid somebody to come and wipe off all the cobwebs yesterday, the real ones. The real ones. Oh, that's so funny. Jesus, Daisy. Again. boy. All right. Well, let's get you out of here. I think that's our cue that we need to wrap up this uh, intro. Yeah. I'm excited today to welcome Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins and her sister, Nikina Lawrence, to the podcast. I am too. This was a really fun episode. We got to be with them in Los Angeles. Ashley's super special, and we're so glad that she kind of fell into our laps from our good friend, Mary. Whose birthday was, we just celebrated. Yes. All comes full circle. Yeah. So she is an actress, and she's also a fellow podcaster with her podcast called Trials to Triumphs. Yeah, she's really cool. And her sister's a badass too. She is. 
their mom was this just strong powerhouse of a woman. Mm -hmm. She played her cards close to her chest, as they say, but they always knew they were loved. She taught them how to be strong, to persevere. And education was always first and foremost and paramount in their lives. And it's a really fascinating episode. I think you'll love it. I agree. I always say I agree. But I do agree with you. I concur. <laughs> I'm going to start <laughs> using I concur. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's get into it. Ashley Blaine Featherston Jenkins and Nikina Lawrence here on Hey Sis, Eat This. Hey, sis. Hey, sis. Well, we have a beautiful young lady here today who came to us through one of our other podcast guests from episode 17. I think they might have been partying in a pool together. We were. In Palm Springs <laughs> yes. talking about podcasts. That's exactly what happened. Yes. And we are very excited to have Ashley and her sister here today. Yes, we bonded over margaritas and sisterhood and podcasting when we invited her to lunch with us. Yes. Yeah, we stalked her when we heard she, well... We'll get into that. But <laughs> when we heard she had a podcast, we were on her and we were like, we need to meet you. We needed to know all the dirty details to fill us in and help us. We are here today with Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins and her beautiful sister, Nikina Lawrence. Welcome to Hey Sis Eat This. Thanks. Hello. 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 We're so happy to have y'all here. And Ashley Blaine Featherston Jenkins, y'all know from the Netflix show, Dear White People and Black and Sexy TV's Hello Cupid, which she is also a co-creator. But Ashley is also the host of Trials to Triumphs, which is the first original podcast coming from Oprah's own network. So exciting. And we're also joined by Ashley's sister, Nikina, as we said, whose career, I think this is so funny, has taken her from the halls of the U.S. Capitol building, where she worked for the late Congressman John Lewis, but now to the halls of the elementary school, where she's a first grade teacher and in Los Angeles. And she's a mama to her son, Christopher. And we're thrilled to have both of you here today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. So excited. Good. Ashley, will you please tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast, Trials and Triumphs, and what inspired you to start it? For sure. I created the podcast that I wanted. I have always been so inspired by the stories that people have shared with me about their Trials to Triumphs journey and their career. And, uh, you know, for me, I feel like so oftentimes we focus on like the highlight reels, right? Mm -hmm. We focus on like the exciting accomplishments that people have, but we forget you know, the blood, sweat and tears that go into right. them that go into their careers before they get to that point. Um, and for me, that's what I've always been inspired by because it's the truth. Right. And so I really wanted to, um, you know, peel, you know, peel back the layers, sure. uh, get behind the curtain of a lot of our favorite stars and not even just stars. I talked to a lot of authors. I talked to yeah. a lot of just change makers in the world. And I talked to even my friends or family members. Right. But um, I really wanted to start a podcast that could inspire people where people could feel hope, yeah. where people could feel that they weren't alone. And where he, where people could hopefully finish an episode and say, okay, maybe I was scared to do X, Y, and Z. But after hearing um, that such and such did it. I actually think that I can do it too. It's really um, beautiful. So again, I just, I created the podcast that I wanted and I think that's most important when creating anything. For is sure. That you have to create what you want first. If, if you mm -hmm. don't see the need in it, then nobody else will either. Right. It sounds like your podcast, and I've listened to it, it's beautiful. Thank you. Like ours, has a lot of relatable stories. So you're, you are going for the more difficult stories. You are going for the things that people aren't going to be talking about first of mind. It's those, but it's those stories that people listen to and go, Oh my God, I can really relate to that. Yeah. So it's an, it's important what you're doing and it's really exciting. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. So Nikina, you are the older sister by nine years. Court and I are six years apart, and it was difficult to say the least when we were growing up having that age difference. What was y'all's relationship like during childhood? 
You know, during childhood, I think we had a really good relationship. I loved having a baby sister. I, I didn't. loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay. That's a different story. I was cramping her style, you know? Well, it was the opposite for me. Uh, nobody else had a sister that young. Right. Or a sibling that young. And so she was kind of like my doll. It was a different time <laughs> period. Right. So I could take her to high school games. I can't imagine letting a 15-year-old taking like a four-year-old <laughs> to a high school game today. But we could do that at that time. Gosh, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, you think about that. And yeah. I don't think there'd be a lot of 15-year-olds that would want to take their four-year-old. No, no, right. But I did. I love taking her to the mall. We had a really, really great relationship when she was younger and you know, a little bit older, too, um, when she was in middle school. And, you know, I got to live vicariously through her or not so much vicariously, but I could go back to the days where you oh, have sure. your first crush. And be a sounding board. That's right. right. That's right. When you're so mad at your mom yeah. and you want to scream, I hate you. And, oh, I, you know, yeah. so. I've been there, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I, I loved it. I think Were you protective? It really wasn't anything to be protective over. Right. We were really, really, really oddly good kids. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I can see that. I don't think that sounds odd. We were not. Yeah. We were very bad We can't kids. say the same for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we weren't like rebellious. Uh, or, not at uh, all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. We were where we were supposed to be at all times. So really wasn't um, a need to be protective. And I think what's good is that even today, especially with Ash, but we've always surrounded ourselves with people who want to do well by us um, yeah. and not cause us That's harm. That's everything. Surrounding uh, yourself yeah. by the yeah. right people. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's it's so important. Um, Ashley, how was it for you being the one going to the high school games at four years old? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, you know, for me, having a sister that was so much older, I just, in a lot of ways, just followed in her footsteps. Although we're very different, like, you know, she did pageants, so I wanted to do pageants. She was into theater, so that's yeah. why I wanted to do theater. You know what I mean? Inspiration. Everything. She was a cheerleader at a point. I was a cheerleader at a certain point. So there were, when I look back, there were a lot of things that, you know, she really did lay the blueprint mm -hmm. for me. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. And I always tell people, I think what made you such a good sister, an older sister, was that she never felt like a second mom to me. Oh, so I think a lot of times yeah. people have older siblings and they right. like mother them. Sure. But or lecture she's, them. Or yeah. lectured them. She's never been that way. And I, I really, really appreciate it. Of course, like, I mean, now we're both adults, so it's a different story. But like, of course, she's going to give me sage advice and mm -hmm. wisdom. And if I ask her something, she's going to, you know, help me as best she can. But I never felt that she was mothering me. I always felt like I had one mother and I had a sister. Sure. Did you felt like I mothered you? You know, I, I don't think that you mothered me. I think a little bit I in more college. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. That's the honesty of it. Um, but when I was in college, I think when I was like partying too much and was getting bad grades, you were like, oh, yeah. you need to get your shit together. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I did I have like, that conversation with whatever. you. Whatever. And, but, but you did. But I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. You might have said whatever, but you listened to me. Because I was afraid you were going to tell mom too. And I was like, okay. I got this. Mm -hmm. I probably did tell mom too. Or no, mom yeah. probably came to me and was like, she's partying and she's drinking too much and you need to talk to your sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, I have to go back to the pageant part. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know about these I pageants. I hated pageants, actually. Well, what is this like? I what we see them. like honey boo boo pageants? Did Mama Cynthia, who we're going to introduce in a minute, did she get you into the pageants? How did that come to be? A lot of people think that, but no, here's the thing. I cannot catch a ball to save my life. <laughs> same, same. I am slow, so I couldn't run. Mm -hmm. um, I really am not a great singer. But you're pretty. 
And I really just yeah. needed an activity, right? right. I okay. something to do. And uh, what pageants provided, all you have to bring to the table is yourself. And yeah. I was like, okay, I can do that. And your charisma. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can do that too. So, yeah, I loved pageants. I was the one that was, um, I subscribed to pageantry magazine. <laughs> like, <there's, laughs> I'm asking for registration fees and headshots and all of that. Right, but in a yeah. way, it probably was good for your self-esteem to make those accomplishments and get up there and have to be in front of so many there people. There was that too, because the part about having such a younger sister, just like anybody who has a baby, mm-hmm. is that the baby does take priority mm-hmm. for a short period of sure. time. So honestly, I hadn't really thought about it, but that was a way. You got attention. For me, right, mm-hmm. right, to, oh, to do yes. that. Yeah. Yeah, you were able to shine in that light. Yeah. What was your talent? Talent is strong, but in the, in the, in the competition, I, I did dance and sing. Okay. Um, both of which I'm mediocre at, but. When you give it your all. That's right. You know what? And you add that charisma. Yeah, yeah exactly. push you over the top. Did you do pageants too, I did. Ashley? Oh. I didn't like them though. Like, I think, again, I think I just did them because she did them. Yes. So it was kind of, and. In retrospect, I don't remember if it was our mom that said, like, maybe you try this. Because I don't really seem like the type to be like, I want to do a pageant. The other (laughs) stuff makes sense, like theater, singing, dancing, all those things make sense. But I don't see myself wanting to be in a pageant. Mm -hmm. I actually did pretty well. Like, you know, I wasn't like Miss Maryland or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But I I wasn't like horrible. Like, But when I look back. I always won Miss Congeniality. Like that's yes, what did. I would always win. Like that's that, what I'd want to win anyway. I totally agree. I I realized like it was the community part of it that I sure. liked. I liked mm-hmm. meeting yes. other women or other young girls. And I think the other thing I like I did like about pageants, I guess, was the well-roundedness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look back. It's it's what I've always been attracted to. Like I was a musical theater major in college because sure. I I always wanted to kind of do multiple things. And in a pageant, you gotta do a answer a question. You right. gotta do a talent. You gotta wear a pretty dress. You gotta do this. And I, and I liked all of that. It's like early media training. For exactly. You. <laughs> but what I don't like is the competition of it, mm. especially as it pertained to my body and my looks and like I that made me very uncomfortable like I never was going to be comfortable going out in a bikini in front of all these male judges or having people you know judge me on if they like my dress or not with pageants it was just too too much emphasis was placed on the aesthetics Mm -hmm. and the world's changed too I wonder are they still making kids go out in bikinis on stage in front of male judges I sure hope not but you never know I don't know my kid won't be doing the pageant, yeah, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> we'll never find out. We'll never know. That's funny. Ashley, we want to hear all about Mama Cynthia Featherson. What is she like? She is really smart. She's interesting. Like, my mom is like one of those people I always say, like, I, I feel like I'll never really know her. Mm-hmm. Like, I know her. Do I really know her? Oh. Like, I, like she could work for the CIA. Maybe? <laughs> she could. Is she a florist? Yeah, <laughs> she's like she runs a laundromat. Like, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. She's a Capricorn, so she's she keeps a lot of things close to the chest. Uh-huh. She's predictable, so she is she is predictable. I just need to remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, as her daughter, I need to remember that she's predictable. <laughs> Mysterious uh, and predictable. Yeah. Um, she really is someone who always wants to do right. Mm-hmm. Like she wants to do the right thing all the time. And if she's not doing the right thing, then it's like very upsetting to her. So I think that like that implies that she's a really good person because she wants to do good. Mm-hmm. And she wants to be good always. You know, I feel like we come from a family of educators, from women educators. And I feel like there's there's a huge part of her that's like an educator. She's, she's constantly learning and teaching and wanting to impart this or impart that. Um, she's a great public speaker. She's had a pretty cool life. What would you say, Nikina? You know, when you started, I was thinking like relationship status it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exactly. It's always complicated. That's yeah. how it is. 
you know, I think that that was perfect. She's a, a very, very interesting mix of wanting to do everything right and be perceived in the right way, but wanting to keep a lot private mm -hmm. and wanting to have great relationships with people but wanting to be alone for mm -hmm. most of the time, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like that. I also think that just like me and her mother, I think that being a mother is truly the most important thing to her. You know, I think that that is, that's big for her. And she comes from a time, to be fair, uh, Anybody who has a mother, our mother was coming up as an adult in the 60s. Yep, yeah. That was really hard sure. for black people. Absolutely. It was really hard for women. Yes. And, so, <laughs> and she you, was in the South, too. And right. she was in the where, South. Where is she from? Virginia. Oh, yeah. Like Newport News, Hampton yeah. Road. Yeah. I mean, you got to think the kind of strength she had to have right. to, to come up at that time, to be successful, to be an educator, mm -hmm. to be a mom. I mean, it's. What did she do? Yeah. Uh, so she graduated from high school, went to Howard University, which I'm also yes. an alum wow. of. And really she graduated from there, got an amazing job at IBM right wow. after college. Mm. This was a big deal at the sure. time. Huge. Did she get to cash out with IBM? <laughs> yeah, I think she did, actually. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. 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 From the South, getting a full college degree in the 60s. And, and her mother had a full college degree and a master's from NYU. Degree. Our grandmother. Our grandmother. Oh her God. mom. So I, we come from, like, very accomplished. Yes, that's incredible. Women who defied everything being black women from mm. the South. Yeah. 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 And with that comes a lot of strength. It yeah. does come with a lot of not being vulnerable. I always say, sure. you know, that glass ceiling is real and you can't, a feather is not going to break that. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> right. You got to be pretty yeah. strong. Her life's work has mostly been in DEI, diversity, equity and inclusion. So do you feel like she's put, and maybe your grandmother too, a lot of pressure on the two of you to keep that train going? Or was it just instilled? Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel? No, I definitely feel that way. I mean, but I think we have very different, like everything else, we have very different experiences with this. But yes, from the time that I was young, it was very much made clear that I um, was to represent our family as the best, to, to be the best, to get great grades, to, you know. Like you will go to college, you will yeah, do this. You, all of that was there. And I think that's just what we did. Right. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. that's what we did, that's who we are. But I think when you came up, there was a little bit of, well, first of all, it's important to know that we have very different personalities too. Yes. And, and um, when Ash was born, she came out saying what she was going to do from, mm -hmm. from, from day yeah, it's one. It's like my little one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So there was, there was none of this, you know, pressure or you're going to do this mm -hmm. or we were, that, that did not exist. The second ones are a little bit more opinionated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just saying. I think you have a different perspective about that yeah and I think nobody really talked to me about it because it just was implied mm -hmm. like it was kind of like yeah of course you're going to college we went to college up in here why right. would you think you're not doing it sure well she sounds really really powerful yeah yeah for sure that's a great word to describe her where does she live in LA she moved to LA a month ago oh, no wow. three weeks ago does she want to join us for dinner <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, we'll text her, see if, see if she's around. Yeah, that would be amazing. Well, we need to welcome her. Yeah, yeah she needs a welcome dinner. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Nakina, what was the dinner table like growing up? Oh, interesting. Y'all have a little bit of years apart. Yeah, yeah. So was it a place where y'all gathered every night or... Were y'all busy pageantry? And so, <laughs> you know, maybe it was stop and go. No, we ate together. Uh, in fact, we are the only family that I know of that ate together every night at the dinner table. It's lovely. Mm -hmm. Every single night. Um, I, I have mixed feelings about it because it's not like on TV uh, where they're sitting around and they're talking about their day. Right, right. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. It was purely to eat, right? Like, that's mm. what we did around yeah. the dinner table. But I appreciate the experience of mm. Coming having together. that. Yeah, being together. The routine. Having the routine and 
unlike maybe somebody who lives in my household, <laughs> having an actual prepared meal every night, you know? Yes. And I really do appreciate that. Yeah. But I would say, I think because of the way that we were raised, and we were, at the time, untraditionally raised, where our father was the primary... He was kind of Mr. Mom. I was yeah. a maker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was. He was. And he was 100% in charge of meals. And oh. generally, I found when that happens, kids aren't incorporated as much sure. in the kitchen, right? Because a lot of times men seem to, seem to cook by themselves and then present a wonderful meal versus hmm. making it, you know, like a relational right. activity. Well, it was a little different for me. Like I, I did sit at the island and watch him mm -hmm, cook, but mm -hmm. it was because I wanted to. Like yeah. I've, I when I look back, I always was intrigued by like the kitchen. Mm -hmm, like I mm -hmm. always wanted kitchen stuff. Like I always, I liked my easy bake oven. Like I always mm -hmm. liked to do things with food, and I've always loved food. You're a foodie, and I'm a I'm a foodie for yeah. sure. Like I've never just been someone that like eats for sustenance. Like yes. I liked it to cook. So because. My dad cooked every night. I wanted to sit at the island and like watch him mm -hmm. know how, how to cook and stuff like that. And that's how I learned how to cook. That's a nice memory. I don't cook and, and she does. Yeah. I had four oranges for dinner last night. <laughs> <laughs> so you had said your dad was the primary chef of the, and not your mother. So how did that sort of come about? Honestly, I think that my dad just always liked it a little bit more. Didn't mom cook for you before I was around? No, I mean, mom cooked like I cook. And, and the only thing I'll say about that is, okay, it's fine. It comes out great. You can eat it. The child can eat it. It's fine. But we don't enjoy cooking. Right. It's not. Yeah. It's a necessity. It's a necessity. Yeah. So she she would do that. Okay. And also, he had more of the schedule that could allow for mm -hmm. it. Like my mom, he had more of a traditional schedule. Her schedule was kind of a little bit more all over the place. She mm -hmm. also traveled a lot. He he was the one that that had the time to kind of go to the grocery store and make dinner. And again, he liked it. Yeah. Some of my favorite meals are like I love his meatloaf, which I still make mm. now. Uh, chicken divan is another one I used oh, to I forgot love. About that Always one. wanted to make that, and it's really easy to make. That's a good one. So tell us about chicken divan. I I, I know of it. I just don't know how to. I've never prepared it. It's going to sound bad, okay. but it's kind of like a mayo slash like cream of chicken slash cream of broccoli based oh, sure. casserole mm -hmm. dish with like traditional chicken and um, rice, rice and broccoli. Yeah. My mom makes a chicken broccoli casserole that's sort of similar that with like cream and mushroom soup. It's really good. There's some Worcestershire oh, yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. There's some. Yeah, it's it's garlicky, but it's it's one of my favorites and actually... I haven't made it in a while, so I should probably make it. That'd be a nice one to put up on our website. Yeah. Okay. And then we also have a tradition every year we eat prime rib and lobster on Christmas Eve. Yes. I want to come to your prime house. Rib. I mean, I love lobster, but I love prime rib. Your husband and I made it. A, well, we bought that huge. Oh, my gosh. We bought a 10 pound prime rib for oh, Christmas. Wow. And then I got COVID and we had to, oh. and it sat in my freezer. We ended up making it. It was good. You but did. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And now, so my dad has always made it. But now that we're in LA and kind of like our house has become kind of the Christmas house. I just get it from Lowry's. Like, I'm not making a prime <laughs> Oh my God, that's so smart. Well, there's no better prime rib than Lowry's. Yeah, and I'm getting the lobster from Gelson's. Easy peasy. They, they crack it up already. Shout out to Gelson's. They need to sponsor the podcast. Whitney's a master with that lobster. She knows how to crack that top, open it up. I know how to make them where they like fan it on oh, top. Oh, he does that too. Sometimes he'll do lobster tail. Yes. yes. So I, I like picked that up when Valentine's because we, my husband and I, Lance, we do surf and turf on Valentine's. Oh, so. I love that. What kind of turf do you do? We'll usually do like a filet or okay, a New yeah. York, something like that. We're big sous vide fans in our Which house. Which I haven't done. I need to, that's like, yes. I need to unlock that. Oh, do do you have one? No. What's the haps about it? So I got her into it too. She was very intimidated. I was. It's not intimidating once you start. So you can do like we got the vacuum seal, as my mom calls, seal a mail. Oh, <laughs> I guess that was like what they were called when back in the day. You guys do her accent; it cracks me up every time. <laughs> you guys do it the exact same way, and it's so funny. Well, you vacuum seal your meat. You can do fish, pork, chicken really anything. Steak is the best, I think. And then you get a big pot of water and you stick the little sous vide in it. It's like a long like microphone kind of thing. And then you can run it on your app. And so say I'm going to do a steak 
and I want it medium rare because I'm going to finish it off on the grill. You put it at 120, 122. Yeah, it's all on your Bluetooth with your phone. And it'll just circulate the water and it cooks the meat in the water. And you can put spices in there, garlic, butter, rosemary in, in, the, in the pouch. Seal, in the pouch. Okay. The hardest part is getting that goddamn bag vacuum sealed correctly. That's the only hard part about it because you got to get it right, just right for it to catch. But other than that, it's amazingly easy. Once it's finished, it can sit in the water for like two hours. And then you take it out and then you can either like do it in a cast iron just to like crisp it up or do it on a grill. What's the benefit of it, I guess, for the Perfectly meat? cooked meat, like yes, the perfect temperature. Time. Because otherwise, you know... You have to keep an eye on it. This is like a lot of restaurants started doing it because they, when they want to make sure that the steak is absolutely perfect, it kind of you can just tee it up so you don't have to look at it. And yes. then literally it takes like a little sear on either side and then it's ready to go. I mean, it's a hack. It's a hack. Okay. It for sure is and a like, hack. Is it like getting the spices in there? In a well, it's that. And then also, I think with a steak like a strip or a New York or or um, ribeye when you have a lot of that fat in there. Mm -hmm. It helps melt the fat. And the fat's where a lot of the flavor is. Cooks so evenly. All right, I'll ask for that for Christmas. I'll get into it. I don't use it all the time, but I, when I do, I always get compliments. It's a good, it's a good thing. You guys are selling me on it. So Prime Rib was a holiday meal in your home. Prime Rib and Lobster. Mama Ashley has her standout holiday dishes that we still make today. Did Mama Cynthia go big on Christmas? Like, what was that like in your household growing up? Oh, Christmas was big yeah. in our household. Christmas was really, really big. But my mom's birthday is the day after Christmas. Oh, so that's hard. She loves Christmas, but it's also her birthday, too. Sure. So we always are doing something to celebrate her, too, and always trying to make sure that it doesn't get, like, overshadowed. Yeah, how do you make that work? I mean, she gets two separate gifts. And we're very careful to make sure that her birthday gift is never wrapped in green or red. <laughs> I figure we all get balloons on our birthday. She should too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. Because I can totally see myself doing that where I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get that gift. Oh, there's just some green wrapper. Hey, there's a Santa bag over there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of gifts, were there any gifts that y'all received growing up that maybe brings back a memory, Ashley? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, from my fifth grade graduation. Uh, you get gifts on fifth grade graduation? No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I feeling did. like a really bad mom over here. For my fifth grade graduation, they said I could get a dog. And so we got a Scottish terrier named Roscoe. Roscoe. <laughs> yeah. My mom was actually very close to Roscoe. I mean, all of us were, but Roscoe and my mom had like a really good bond. We talk about this sometimes is that whether you got the dog or like I got a dog when I was in first grade, the mom's always taking care of the pet. Well, it's so funny because my dad would say my mom was the one that was always traveling. So he's like, why does Roscoe right. want to be with her all the time? I'm the one that's here all the time. <laughs> with the dog, but he can talk about how mom gave our first dog away to the pizza man. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so Roscoe was not the first no. family dog. Okay, we're going to need to hear a little bit about this. <laughs> so we, we rescued a dog, Pepper, who was insane. What kind of dog? <laughs> uh, of dubious lineage is what is what our dad said. <laughs> he was like a terrier mix. Yeah. I was too young, so I don't remember him being bad. No, but he was, uh, you know, not really housebroken. Right. But the worst was it was my responsibility to walk the dog every night. Okay. Every night. That was my responsibility. And somehow the thing got off the leash at least three nights a week. So oh I'm running gosh. around the neighborhood, like trying to sit on the ground like you do for dogs. Like, come here, right. like oh, trick yeah. it to come over to you. <laughs> um, and it also would run out of the house. He was a runner. We had one of those. So one night my family's having pizza. The pizza man comes over and says, oh, my goodness, what a cute dog. The dog is like, ah, <laughs> like destroying the screen door right now. <laughs> yeah. What a cute dog. And my mom, without a beat, said, great. Do you want him? <laughs> like oh my god and the guy said yeah she no. said come back tomorrow and i will have all this stuff ready you are kidding 
So he did. He came back. Oh my! She gosh. had everything, bowls, everything ready to go. To don't even know the pizza man's name, to be honest. And that was the end of Pepper. Yeah. At least Mama Cynthia didn't take him to quote the farm like well, a lot of parents true. do. Yeah. You know, we have so many people come on this podcast and they're like, when we talk about animals, they say, "Yeah, well." Rover went to the farm and everybody knows what the farm is. Is the farm the pound or worse? Yeah, euthanasia, the pound. Oh, I've never heard of the farm. Oh, you haven't heard of the farm? No. One of the sisters that came on here, she goes, every time we'd pass by a farm, I was looking for what's Nicholas. His, I was looking for Nicholas. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he didn't go to the farm. He went to the pizza man. He went to Domino's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. I yeah. felt good about it, though. And, and the reason is, because I don't want to make it seem like we were just heartless. No. This pizza man, for some reason, had a connection with this dog that was going bananas at the door. They were working out some past life stuff, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like the dog would go there and they Thrive. would love. I think Pepper had a nice life. I have to believe that Pepper had a good life. I do, too. Pepper and the pizza man. Cheers to Pepper. Yeah. When we were in high school and we first started driving, Whitney and I were pretty bad. I mean, I had multiple accidents. Whitney rear-ended our dad one night. Were either one of you a danger to society on the road when you were teenagers? I was a little bit of a danger. Yeah. I ran over a mailbox <laughs> oh, no. in our neighborhood. Oh, how did that happen? Like a high mailbox? Like one that has the, the post or whatever? This is the part of the story that no one's talking about, though. The <laughs> car was faulty. Oh. My parents, my first car, they bought from our next door neighbor, mm -hmm. Uncle Charlie. Was it really your Uncle Charlie? No. Oh. <laughs> he was like a really nice white man yeah. that just lived next door to us. Neighbor Uncle Charlie. He had an Explorer. And my parents like bought it from him, I think, for probably like $75 or something. I don't know. I think it was a 96. Okay. Or a 94 or something like that. It had some mileage on it. It had some mileage on it. I'm getting this in 2004. That's not that bad. Anyway, I ran over the mailbox. My power steering was off. I kept trying to tell everyone, you guys, it's the steering wheel. And everyone was like, no. Like, I was getting in trouble. Learn how to drive, Ashley. You need to be more careful, whatever, whatever. So I was getting scolded for it. Then my junior and senior year in high school, I made a lot of friends that lived like a little bit further out. Mm-hmm. One time on the, I don't even know if you know this, mm -hmm. my brakes stopped working. Oh, that's scary. On the highway. Oh, Lord. I'm freaking out. I don't even remember how I got them to stop. Ended up making it to my friend's oh, house. Oh, my god! But again, they're making it seem like it's my fault. I'm like, you guys, there is something wrong with this car. Like, she's just a teenage driver. You know, there were times I probably could have been a little bit better. I'm not saying that I was like the perfect driver, but... I didn't have a safe vehicle. Yeah. They gave me an old car that had bad power Did steering. Did the mailbox, was that an incident because the brakes weren't working? Or? It was my power steering. It was the a steering power wheel. Steering. Also, my, my speedometer stopped working at one <laughs> point. I couldn't tell if I had gas in my car. In retrospect, it was not a good car. I don't know if Uncle Charlie was that good of a friend. I mean, he sounds like he kind of <laughs> did you dirty. That's a bad uncle. Or did my parents not do their due diligence at like really inspecting the car to make sure this yes. is a safe vehicle for their 16-year-old to drive? Probably she, not. She's clearly worked through these issues. Yeah. <laughs> We're working through them tonight, I'll tell you that. One word to describe your mom, Nakina. Oh, one word. Mm -hmm. um, loyal. Okay. Ashley? Mm. Mm, that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Nikina, what's one trait that you got from Mama Cynthia? Public speaking. Mm. You know, making sure that you are communicating effectively. That's a, a good one to get. Ashley? My tenacity, I'm going to get it done. And she's going to get it done for sure. If she says she's going to do something, she's going to get it done. And yeah. I definitely have that. Like, I'm very reliable in that way. Ashley, what's one thing that you would like to tell Mama Cynthia today on this podcast or that you'd want her to hear? Mm, I would want her to hear that I hope she's really happy that her daughters are able to sit here on this podcast and and hang out and talk with other sisters and talk about our childhood and say really like 
cool things about her too. And and that we're able to both say things that we are both proud that we get from her, mm-hmm. that I'm also really proud of her. Like she's making a lot of changes in her life at 69, although it's a lot for her and us. I think it's also really inspiring that you can do what you want to do at any age. Absolutely. You don't have to decide that it's over. You can create something new. And that's the perspective that I'm accepting about it. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything to add to that, Nakina? On that same note, that we are always constantly evolving. And um, she is a good example of how you can keep moving forward and trying new things. And I would want her to know that that does apply to everything. The way we are today is not the way we're going to be in five years. Same with with her. So, yeah, I would just want her to know I'm excited to see what what the future holds for our relationship. Mm -hmm. That's really sweet because life is ever changing. I love that. Nikina, what is your favorite thing about your mom? Ash called it tenacity. Mm -hmm. When she does set her mind to something, she does it. That is something that I don't necessarily do. I'm very kind of chill and laid back Mm -hmm. and whatever happens, happens. And I really do like the fact that she puts the time, effort, energy into seeing the vision and realizing it. What about you, Ashley? What's your favorite thing? My favorite thing about my mom is her ability to make people think. Hmm. She makes us think. She makes, you know, a lot of the people that she um, speaks to on a daily basis through her work think. Sometimes it's annoying. (laughs) It challenges you. It sounds like she helps people grow. Yeah. Well, ladies, this has been such a beautiful conversation. And I'm really... We feel very grateful to have you both here today and to share with us about the powerful and incredible Mama Cynthia. Ashley, tell us where our listeners can find your podcast, where they can find you on social media. Yeah. So you can find my podcast, Trials to Triumphs, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Also, we're taking it to video. So you can also watch episodes now on YouTube. Oh, fun. And then you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Ashley Blaine, B-L-A-I-N-E with an E. (laughs) Thank you both so much. I know there was a reason that y'all came into our lives and it wasn't just drinks by that pool. Yes, I know. (laughs) I'm so glad to get to know you both better and I can't wait to continue this friendship. I know. Thank you for having us, truly. This is is a gift. And it's really cool to like illuminate sisterhood. Like it's a, it's a cool club to be a part of. You guys are always growing in your relationship and we're always growing in our relationship. Absolutely. So it's things like this that I think aid in like even strengthening it. So I'm, I'm really grateful that we were even just able to talk about our relationship. Thanks, Ash. You're going to make me cry, Ashley. <laughs> so sweet. No, it's a really great space you guys have created. So thank you so much. Thank you. You know, and I am inspired that you guys do this together. I think that's Aww. a really beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to see. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing to listen to Uh-oh. and to actually <laughs> witness it. It really is sisterhood. (laughs) I'm looking at sisterhood personified. So that means a lot. And we just have the best time doing it. And we have a blast with other siblings and sisters. Yeah. Well, we'll end it as we always do. Sis, I love you. I love your show. I love you. I love your show. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Hey Sis, Eat This. If you LOL'd, peed your pants a little bit or even smirked please hit subscribe if you haven't already and feel free to rate and review but only if it's positive also visit our website for recipes and to sign up for our newsletter at heysiseatthis.com